Just building a castle because it's cool to build a castle. I do that all the time. Um, they didn't probe you, did they? No, they did not. And I think it's a bit more than just poisoned. Magic poison. Oh, I just, it did the wild magic cause anything interesting to happen, and then you said flumps. So, was it yeah, just flumps? So many flumps. Okay. Considering those explosive tendencies, don't use blue as uh, an adjective. Chapter 191 The Moon Elves. Okay. So in the last episode, Adrian Arlen's group had made it all the way up to the heights above Kolesque. And what did you guys discover there? It was actually something kind of magical. Did they grow the coffee there? We saw that the elves and the dark elves and other people up there were living in harmony. Uh, yeah. They were known as, I think they're known as star elves now. Or moon elves? You moon did, elves. You did hear someone re- reference the term moon elves. I don't know if you guys are clear on, on what that means. But uh, but yeah, so someone did reference the moon elves. And then uh, we uh, met uh, the twin sister of what the... Uh, Maroka, yeah. Uh, the Maroka. Uh, let's create a little confusion at first. But eventually Adri's brother and sister... Uh, went off with them to find new lodgings and we spent the night and in the morning we're going to take the explosive sorcerer to the tower yes indeed yeah so it turns out that yeah the uh, colony up there where the panther has been taking the expatriate uh, drow to uh, is a a agricultural colony where yeah a group of elves that uh, uh, you know maybe late out of valleys calii um work the day shift there in the uh, in the coffee fields and then the uh, drow work the uh, the night the night shift there and especially important for the dark elves uh, because apparently the sweetener that uh, has like zero calories and uh, is not bad for you that the halflings use in all of their concoctions is actually derived from a rather ordinary and plain looking flower that only opens at night. And because of that, it is pollinated by spiders. So the dark elves with their natural affinity for spiders and their natural affinity for dark times are the natural workers to take care of that part of the field. So they are uh, you know, serendipitously uh, skilled for just such an occasion. Okay, well, you guys are all waking up. Um, the tabaxi are all um, in their uh, house that were given up to them. So they're all lying in a heap in a cardboard box in front of the fire. Um, and uh, then the uh, rest of the uh, adventures were over in another one, making sure that Arlen didn't explode. And then obviously Adri's brother and sister had uh, gone off, as you said, to arrange new lodgings and start their new life here in the agricultural community. So there we are. And we're heading to the beach where the sorcerers are at, or were we going to wait? We were heading to the keep. Yes. The uh, keep, if you remember, was the the elves hadn't seen any activity in that keep for a few days, which they thought was sort of odd. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, if you remember, the the keep overlooks the promontory, looking out way over the ocean, um, and then it uh, had three different towers. One was very squat and had battlements at the top. Uh, another one 
is uh, very, very tall and capped by a conical roof at the top. And then the other one is very interesting because it's very fluted and sinuous and uh, doesn't seem to have a straight line anywhere in it anywhere. And just right at the tip of the promontory looking out over the ocean there. No, I hate to say it, but another place where we saw things that didn't have a straight line was the uh, Mind Flayer layer. True, yeah, there was not a straight line anywhere in that one either. Everything was curved and sinuous. In the type of magic that sorcerers seem to have is rather chaotic. So I don't know that that's necessarily Mind Flayer specific architecture. <laughs> Well, I think we also learned that Mind Flayer is just kind of like thought it into existence and that it's easier to just kind of go, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like tunnel here, chamber here. So it's not, like, it's I don't think. Like chaotically designed keep, but it it's at least looks like it was built, like with some intention, not just we need cave. <laughs> <laughs> it at least yeah it seems to be constructed of normal building processes the the keep itself at least from this distance appears to be made of stone uh, like an, a normal castle would have been and then um, the central part there between the towers is roofed with uh, slate roofing tiles um, and uh, there's evidence of wood beams so it, it does at least seem to be uh, created at least in a standard way that you would expect here on the surface world that whole center is roofed Yes, there's just a large roofed central area there instead of uh, having an open courtyard or anything. That looks really large. Really large, yeah. And impractical for the whole thing of having a castle, you know. It's like, let me just knock down the center of your castle. Yeah, well, perhaps the residents that live there don't have to worry about such things. I guess. Just building a castle because it's cool to build a castle. I do that all the time. You would if you were a group of powerful sorcerers. Very good. So, what are we going to do? We're all we're all rousing, waking up, remarking on how we haven't exploded. The tabaxi are all stretching and then scratching on the the furniture. Um, I'd like to just be outside waiting for something to happen in terms of people. I'm just working on my little wood project that I started a couple of days ago. I think we can head outside and start gathering everybody up so we can go into the keep. Okay, good. So you grab grab everybody together there, gather them all into one group, and advance down on the keep, I take it? Yep. Yes. Yep. We're all trying to keep up. Sounds good. And you march up the road. Obviously, the... Uh, sun is now behind you instead of going down behind the keep into the ocean and uh, illuminating the front face of it and it is you know looming large above you and you come up and there's a very large oaken door in the front um, there's no evidence of a portcullis or a drawbridge and the door you know is framed into the stone of the front of the building but there's no um you know signs of like arrow slits or murder holes or anything like that the the castle is is apparently more of a edifice than a defensive structure and there's no one around no i guess knock does anyone have mage hand or something they can knock with i do have mage hand that i can knock with or, or we can just knock I think we should just knock. I'll walk up and just, you know, not knuckles, but the flat part of the fist, just you know, boom, boom, boom on the doors. Okay. And it resounds very loudly inside, um, like some sort of a huge bass drum or timpani. And then nothing happens. You're just sort of waiting there and waiting there. And does the door look openable? Um it's got a just big old pull ring on the on your side of it. Oh, can we can pull? I pull on it? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, you pull on it and yeah, it's not locked or anything like that. And it's, it's a massive door, so it slowly creaks open. Uh, but 
it does indeed come free easily. And uh, then you're looking at a long, dark hallway that goes sort of straight into the building. And you can see at the very end of it there, uh, at about uh, 40 feet away, um, it's a, the hallway itself is about 20 feet wide. And then it starts just going up a set of stairs into an archway that is also dark. So it doesn't immediately open up as soon as you get through the doors? No, like I said, it immediately goes into this hallway. Those of us with um, dark vision, is it still dark or does it look like dim light? Um, looks like dim light, yeah. Do we want to come inside, close the door behind us? I think that would be best. Okay, so you step inside and close the door behind you and it closes with a resounding boom. And obviously all the light is gone there from the outside. There's no lighting going on inside, but now that it's dark here in the hallway, you can see just in front of you, there's kind of a glow coming from far in the distance beyond that archway, beyond the stairs. And everybody roll for me a perception check. 22. 13. 9. 19. 11. And what did did Black get there again? 18. Okay. So um, the first person that notices anything is Gray. And Gray, you, you become aware that there is a darker shape that is moving... Um, you see it kind of cresting the top of the stairs. Whatever it is, it's low. It's maybe no more than about four feet high. And it's kind of hunched and rounded. And it kind of sways as it walks forward. And um, actually, roll for me a nature check. Eleven. Okay. It does. Yeah, you don't, uh, don't get any more information from that. But whatever it is, it's cresting the top of the stairs and starting down the stairs at you guys at a kind of a slow amble. I'll point out something's there. And indeed, there is something there. I'm going to... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask how far away was it again? It's about 40 feet away at the top of the stairs. I'm going to cast light on like a car I have in my pocket and toss toss it its way. Okay. Well, as soon as you cast light on the coin, you know, it illuminates the entire hallway here. And um, it becomes obvious that what you're looking at is a large, basically four foot at the shoulder, hound or wolf. And it, uh, strangely though, seems somewhat translucent almost as if it's made from shadow itself. And it continues padding towards you. It, it, uh, the being illuminated doesn't seem to have changed its uh, approach at all. And it just kind of pads up until it's about 10 feet in front of you. And then it opens its eyes, which are dull red coals in the otherwise black grayness of the shadowy form of this wolf or hound and it starts speaking to you and its mouth is also a dull red glow as if it it was a a deep red coal of a fire somewhere inside it and it says what business do you have to disturb my master Um, I have been told that uh, you might be able to help me with my sorcerer. Sor- what is the sorceress? Sorcerer abilities? Yeah, I guess sort uh, sorcerer magic. Your issues with wild magic and controlling the chaos that it has released. Controlling the chaos that it has caused. And it sort of sit back on its haunches, and it does that sideways head thing that dogs do and 
kind of writes its head and, and it says, and of what help would you ask of my master? Um, is this not where the sorcerers of the shore reside? It is. What help would you ask of my master? How to not explode? I mean, that, that's what we're here for. So. And once again, it kind of gives you the sideways head tilt thing and, and says, that is not very specific, but I will go and ask. And it kind of stands up, shakes its mane, and pads back up the uh, stairs. And Just so you know, I am very eloquent, and I know exactly what I'm saying at all times. <laughs> I was about to say, because I was like, Christmas just kind of looking at you like, you're not used to speaking to things, are you? I'm sure he's just out of sorts having to talk to a shadow wolf. That is true. That's quite unnatural. I've never had to talk to one before. And also... Considering what we've been through, a shadow wolf is throwing you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never been good at talking, okay? Even in real life. Well, especially in real life. He communicates through complex musical notes. Yes. Anyways, I so we get through memes and music and that's it. Yes. So you guys are standing there and standing there. And after a little while, you notice the shadowy shape of the wolf coming back down there. And you uh, have it approach. And this time it's, you know, doesn't sit, but stands upright and says, my master will see you now. Please follow me. And he turns on his tail and just starts sauntering up the stairs. Are you going to follow? Yes. Most assuredly. Okay, so up the stairs leads to a much shorter hall, which then leads into another archway. And it leads into a circular chamber. And this circular chamber has three thrones isn't the right word, but definitely ornate chairs. And it's very interesting because the chair on the left is made of very sinuous carved wood. And behind it are draperies of the most brilliant scarlet. And the chair in the middle is made of what appears to be some sort of black ebony wood and is very straight and very, uh, you know, everything on it is very slender and very graceful. And the hangings behind that, which appear to be made of, all the hangings appear to be made of the, you know, really fine rippling silk, are made of black and gray. And the chair on the right is very ornately carved and, you know, has flutes and details and is gilt edged and um, rises a little bigger than the other two chairs. And the hangings behind that are of white and blue. And in between each one of those chairs, so that there are two braziers with glowing coals that dimly illuminate the room. And the middle chair and the left chair, so the black and the red areas, have occupants. The black chair has what appears to be either a human or maybe a half-elven woman. However, she's dressed in all black and her features are a little disturbing. While she looks like sort of a normal human, like I said, with maybe some elven blood in her, her skin is pale gray and her eyes are deep black. And the, actually the most disturbing thing about the skin is it seems to be matte in color. So it's like a just flat gray color. The hound that had brought you in as the footman just kind of goes padding up and sits plump down right next to her chair. And she kind of just strokes its shadowy form. And then on the left chair, the red one with the red hankings, that chair has a most unusual creature in it. It appears once again to be uh, human or maybe half elven, but the features are very elongated. 
So the nose and the cheekbones are very high and the chin is very, you know, protrudes quite a bit. And the eyes have like little ridges over it. And then the pupils on the eyes are slits rather than dots. And it reminds you nothing more, at least Adrian Arlen, of the features of Loquax, the brass dragon. And the uh, hound plumps down, and it's not the shadowy woman, but the dragonish man that addresses you. And he says, greetings, strangers. We hear that you come seeking aid. What can the sorcerers of the shore do for you? We were... Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, while he's talking, I just want to expand my senses and do a divine sense. Just... For safety's sake. Okay. Just celestial fiends and undead. Just send out a pulse. So you do not detect um, celestial fiends or undead anywhere in this room or within 60 feet of you. Fair enough. We were told by Galchabar the wizard. That... And he says, ah, yes, we know Galchabar well. If you are friends of his, then you are friends of ours. Please continue. Um, we... He told us that you might be able to help me with the chaotic magic that has been bestowed upon me. And um, my wild magic has been uh, activated more and more uh, to a point where we are quite afraid of me just exploding. And his eyes kind of grow a little wider and he looks at the shadowy woman who looks back at him. Um, and uh, everyone do an insight check. 24. 13. 24 as well. 11. Seven. <laughs> and what was that uh, you got there, Arlen? Four. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, black and gray. Um, you notice a look of concern uh, pass between the two of them, a, almost like a little bit of alarm. Anyway, so the uh, dragonish man says to you, says, yes, um, this is alarming. Uh, tell us more of this wild magic of yours. Uh, for you see, and he you know, pans his hand between himself and, and the woman, there are a couple of ways that one might attain magical abilities. For some, like Galchabar, it's done through long study. But for ourselves, it is something we are born with. The spark of magic is inside us from our very first days, and we grow to learn to use it and direct it. Naturally, if you will. Organically. Um, I, when he puts his hand to his chest, have dragons in my long lineage. And he points to the woman next to him. Ove here has a link to the shadow realm from some long distant relative of hers. And because of this, we can channel energy from those particular facets. How is it that you came upon your magic? A mad mage in that took up housing in the Mare would um, kidnap children off the edges of the Mare and take, him, take them to his uh, establishment. And he would um, inject them with the experimental magic that he was working with. That was essentially just pure chaos. And of the two other people that I have met who had undergone the same fate, they both had, uh, the chaos had overtaken them and both of them had perished in a enormous explosion of chaotic energy. We were able to revive one of them uh, because right before she had exploded she had given me a lock of her hair but unfortunately the other one we could not save 
And as you were explaining this, you notice the uh, expression on the two sorcerers uh, become more and more um, concerned, revolted, distressed. Um, clearly what you're telling them is not making them happy. And a uh, woman speaks up at the first time and says, well, this would be a travesty against magic. We had heard that there was a madman in the mare that was doing insane experiments. And unfortunately, you confirm this for us. And she turns to the rest of you and says, leave your companion with us for the rest of today. And we will give you a verdict by sundown tonight. I was kind of looking at everybody and look at the person they were speaking about. Are you okay with this? Um, at this point, I'm desperate. <laughs> so I think that is, we should do what they wish. I, since they know Galchabar well, and he referred us here, I trust them. You know, Fair curiosity killed the once was a cat. So I, I look to the empty chair and I say, there's a chair not filled. I, I would think all three of you would be here to greet us. And the, uh, actually, everybody roll for me insight again. 18. Eight. 11. 10. 19. Okay, those of you that rolled 18 and 19, um, you see a look of, you know that look you, people get when they get called out on something? Um, that That's sort of the look that they, they exchange between the two of them. And uh, the uh, man says, yes, um, one of our members is absent currently. Um, we expect to see him back sometime soon, but we are concerned with him being overdue. Um, is Can I like insight check? Is that a lie? Sure. Um, 16. With your nat one? Yes. Uh, reliable talent. If I am proficient in a skill or I, on a nine or less, it's a 10. Okay. So, uh, that net one, uh, gets you that, um, they're not lying, but you get this feeling that they're not also telling you everything. It's kind of like they're putting a good face on it. Something. Yeah. Also, it's Nessian. It's, it's just Nessian. I don't think Nissian has time to be a full-time underground railroad captain and also a bard and also a wild magic sorcerer. But yeah, that's making some assumptions about what Nissian actually is. That is true. Interesting. Yes, but indeed. That like rolling a nat one and still getting a sixteen—that's why I was so excited to use this skill. Oh, good. Well, we're we're happy you've got a chance to use your new skills. Anyway, um, anything else before you go, or are you going to leave Arlen in in uh, these strangers' company? I mean, I don't see sorry, much gonna... of a choice. <laughs> I'm going to jot down notes about this place. Excellent. Okay, so are you going to take off then? Uh, I would think we, so. We can come back, right? Yes, they said come back at uh, at uh, the end of the day. Let's go hang out. The elf digs. Yeah. Or do you have a library? Um, they say, we do not as such. Um, our natural talents are inborn. Um, this is the, uh, the man talking to you again. He says, but I did have a question for the tabaxi. Is the one called Misty with you here? No. She's... No. And I'll look at the two main party people with some, with another group. She should be in the uh, mountains with the barbarian, the dragonborn of the north. Ah, a disappointment. I looked forward to greeting my many times removed cousin, but perhaps mm. another time. I'm sure we can send her your way next we see her. It is difficult to get here, but where there is a will, there's a way. Okay, you're going to take off? I mean, we've heard those 
Are we to wait? I'm, I'm, I'm asking them directly. Are we to wait down the hall or outside? Where do you want us to wait? Wherever is your will, but I believe you'll find it rather dull waiting in our hallway. Okay. Well, I suppose we'll take our lead then. At least I will. Okay. So are you guys going to head back to the uh, elf encampment? I guess yeah. so. Well, don't be too much older when we leave you, Arlen. Or when we get back, Arlen. I'll try not to. You come back and he's uh, a six-year-old with a beard of feathers, is blue, and has a unicorn and a flump friend. Yeah. Okay. Considering he has explosive tendencies, don't use blue as uh, an adjective. Okay. So, um, what, are you guys going to do anything uh, while you are waiting for the end of the day? Because you basically have the whole day to kick around at this point. I'm probably just going to find a nice chair to sit outside and enjoy because the way you described the temperature when we got here was rather nice. So find a nice sunny slash shady spot and that overlooks the coffee bean grows and all that mm -hmm. and just continue working on my little wood project and enjoy the day. Okay. I'm, I'm going to follow some of the, the elves and, and kind of take notes about their process and ask appropriate questions. Sounds good. So out, out there in the fields there? I would like to see if there's any other drow that I know or if they're all inside. Okay. Um, so obviously it being day, you only see um, elves about the regular elves as you would see in Valley's Calii. Uh, do you want to just come up and address one of them or what are you going to do? Uh, sure. Yeah. I'll just mm -hmm. ask um, how the drowish settlements came to be here i'm curious about that when the, when did this start and um when you actually ask that question the the uh, elf that um that you ask it of just kind of uh gives you kind of a patient smile and um and says um adri isn't it did i get your name correct yes um yeah um you will find that we don't use the term drow here um that term has been used for too long to divide our peoples. Uh, we now call ourselves by the stellar body that we prefer to live under. Uh, so uh, those of us, and she points to the elves that are, are you know, out working, um, that are active during the day, call ourselves the sun elves. And those like yourself that uh, prefer the night call themselves the moon elves. That's... That's sweet, I suppose. <laughs> Are, is there any cross-pollinating, so to speak? Like any surface elves that spend their time at night outside? And she says, yes, of course. Um, as, as you know, uh, the night is no barrier to the elves. But um, most, uh, since the, the work needs to be done during the day as well, most most of the Elves like myself do do the day shift. Um, in addition, um, since the flowers only open at night and need to be pollinated by spiders, the, the moon elves are mainly busy with those. So there's less to do at night uh, for the, the sun elves. So um, we, do, uh, we do do some cross-pollinating, as you said, but by and large, um, our duties are divided by the needs of nature. How long has it been this way? And she kind of smiles and says, for many hundreds of years, have we dreamt of something like this happening? At least our group. And only about uh, 20 years ago, were we able to bring it into fruition. Uh, we were approached. Uh, we are a, a small sect in uh, Valleys Calii. We were approached by... Uh, the person you call Nissian, um, and that the moon elves call Panther, about the possibility of uh, smuggling some of our moon elf brethren from below the ground and secreting them someplace. Uh, we knew about this particular location of the halflings and how well guarded it was, and it seemed like the perfect location for such an encampment. And so um, 20 years ago, we started one by one, slowly bringing people 
both from Valleus Kaliai, who wish to work here, and also from Kaharst and the lower areas of the Underdark that wish to work here. And we have been working the uh, plantation ever since. Well, I'm glad you're here for my people. Well, we are glad as well. Um, well, as we said, our two halves of the elven people have been too long divided. And we can only hope that more of the elves of the Underdark will, you know, come to their senses and join us here in the overworld. Agreed. Okay, anything else that anybody wants to do while you're waiting for the day to uh, to pass through? Obviously, Moon, when you're out there, are you just watching them tending the coffee bushes or what have you? Yeah, you know, taking notes, making little sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little, a little mini notebook for for our library. And and actually, it goes a little further than that because every time you approach um, anybody doing anything, they almost all just kind of turn to you and say, "Oh, would you like to help out? Would you like to see how this is done?" And they're almost you know, they almost push you into the the job and and want to show you their their job, even though the job seemed to be mundane in in their tasks. They seem to be terribly excited about doing it. Well, I'd imagine if your job is picking berries, you're going to jump at any sort of uh, excitement that might be around. Perhaps. But I'm asking the questions of, oh, I see this berry. So how do you know which hue it, it, the color must be before it's ready to pick? Do they ripen after they're picked? You know, uh, are they poisonous? Do you have to treat them? All those type of questions. And they basically give you the entire rundown of the history of coffee from the time the first root is planted into the ground to the point where it's over-roasted by the uh, halflings and uh, and present, presented in their cafes around the area. So I eagerly write that down. I'm doing little sketches of how people are bent as they harvest them and pictures of the baskets. You know, I'll leave no detail unturned. Very good. Yeah, you get kind of an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, coffee by the time you leave there. And I'll, and I'll ask about roasting, you know, do they know anything about the process after it's been picked and shipped? And they actually don't. Apparently that is technology that is um, closely guarded by the roast masters in the halfling lands. Um, I mean, they know the basic process. They put it in a big roaster and they have a, a fire going underneath it to get it warm. And it's stirred around and around and around by... Uh, by you know the apprentices and and uh, then the the roast master picks the exact right time and they quickly disgorge it out and into uh, bales and it's sent on its way. Hmm. I'll have to find a roast master someday. And they say yes, it's it's very fascinating. I'm sure you would be well rewarded for your time. And, you know, understanding that they would rather have me spend the day picking berries necessarily than writing my book. I'll, I'll go in, but I'll intentionally start picking unripe berries and, and making a series of small mistakes so that I'm sure that they politely excuse me to continue my studies. Actually, it goes the other direction where they, first there's one and then there's two and then there's four. And then pretty soon you're just surrounded by them. And you're like, oh, no, no, grab that one there. No, this one here. Yes, no, no, this one here. Now, didn't we explain this a while ago? Do this one here. And they're just, like I said, they seem to be just ridiculously happy about sharing the uh, process with you and uh, are amazingly patient. But uh, um, I, I think you, you might have to uh, at some point just kind of go, well, this is definitely above me and bow out at this point. And I'll gracefully do so. So I, I need to, uh, I've taken notes. I need to make sure I transcribe this knowledge more thoroughly while it is still fresh in my mind. And and they think that's just a wonderful idea and, uh, and call after you as you're going away to come back soon and join them. You know, I kind of do that wave as you're walking off. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anybody doing anything else? Okay. Well, everybody... Roll for me a perception check. 20, not natural. 20. 21. 8. 12. Okay, well, so uh, apparently um, Black and Jade are examining the squirrels or something like that, but the rest of you, out of the corner of your eye, occasionally notice a bright flash 
coming from one of the windows of the keep. I'm going to ask a, a nearby elf and, and ask them, is that, is that typical? And they, they say, is, is what typical? And there is a flash over uh, by the keep there. And they say, uh, no, um, can't say that it is. On the, on the other hand, the sorcerers are mysterious beings, so there's no telling what they might be doing. I mean, they are very powerful. But, uh, yeah, we don't normally see, well, I shouldn't say that. The, um, you see the tall, sinuous tower, uh, the one all the way on the right there. Yeah, the windows do flash from time to time there, but... Yeah, no, uh, the regular part of the keep, not normally uh, do we see, you know, flashing lights or anything like that. Interesting. And of course, I'll take a sketch of the keep and note who we saw and the, the hound and, uh, you know, flashing from the sinuous tower is, is not necessarily uncommon, but this other flashing seems more rare. Yes, indeed. Okay, good. So um, the day goes on. Anything else anybody wants to do before the day is done? Okay, so you guys return to the keep, and um, this time as you enter the doorway, the shadow wolf is already there waiting for you and uh, doesn't even say anything to you just as you come in it just you know is sitting patiently there with its tail curled over its paws and it just kind of gets up shakes itself and starts walking back towards the uh, throne room or the whatever you want to call it and um, you guys come in there and there's Arlen in the middle of the room uh, just kind of standing there and uh, he uh, looks a little haggard tell you the truth um, and the uh, two of the sorcerers are still there, the, the draconic one and the shadowy one. And uh, they're back in their seats and they say, ah, yes, you return. And the uh, shadowy woman says, we have news that is both good and bad. We greatly desire to help your friend here. And she points to Arlen. But unfortunately, the one of us that can probably cure him is our missing companion. We were a little close about the details, but perhaps you may be of use. For you see our third companion, and his name is Elidor, was investigating a problem that we're having with the water supply here in the valley. For you see, if you continue down the coastline, and she kind of gestures behind her, which would then be out towards the coastline, behind us. Is that like south or north? That uh, it would be south? west. Oh. Oh, like to the coastline, not down the coastline. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. The water pools down there of late have gotten fouled by some beans. Animals that drink from them are seen later to be vomiting and have almost completely vacated the area for fear of contacting them. Uh, similarly, as, as people have attempted to sample them themselves, had similar symptoms. And it was the earnest belief of Eridor that there was some force that was poisoning the waters. And he had taken off and found a passage into the earth down near the ocean and had ventured in there and has not been seen for days. Perhaps you can go and locate our missing kindred. And when he returns, we believe that between the three of us, we should be able to cure your fr uh, friend of his affliction. Sort of... Uh... See, we don't have much choice. I think we should go check this out. They said, we would be most grateful if you could. How far away are these waters? Um, the Obviously, you, could, you know, from where you guys are, you're on a promontory. And the ocean itself is probably a good 10 miles away. Um, and it's also probably a good 2,000 feet below you. Um, however, um, 
you don't you're not really sure where this entrance is that uh, they mentioned but uh, certainly it's got to be got to be um within you know a morning's walk do you have a teleportation circle ah we wish that we did such gems of the old kingdom are to be found here and there from what we understand i guess we need to walk then Okay, well, obviously it is getting on towards the end of the day. Do you want to start your journey out now, or do you want to wait for the morning, or what do you want to do? I'll look well, to Arlen. what do they suggest? What, what would you say is the best course for our journey? Uh, they say, well, that is up to you, of course. Um, we feel the sooner the better for finding our, for our kindred. Obviously, for the lot of you that are here, uh, the night is no barrier. You can see as well during the day as in the night. However, we also do understand the wisdom of starting afresh in the morning with a full rest behind you. So it is up to you what you wish to do. I would personally like to have some rest before we go. Yeah, it seemed at least from the village that it was a bit of a tiring day. Yeah, well, that would be the least of it. And he, he does look a little worn out. Well, a lot worn out. We'll set out first thing in the morning, that first light. Very good. Um, our Last we saw our companion, he was headed due west down the ridgeway from the keep. What did he look like? He appears to be a blonde human. He has fairly long hair. And dresses in a blue and white robe. I'm sorry, I blanked. What is your friend's name again? His name is Elidor. Elidor, okay. Well, if that is all, I would suggest to take our leave and give our resident sorcerer here time to refresh himself, as with the rest of us. Sounds good. So you journey back to the uh, the village there? Indeed. On our journey back, I'm just going to question him about what kind of things happened inside. Well, the... Go ahead and question about the kind of things that happened inside. What happened? What were the flashes about? They um, performed multiple experiments on me. Consisting of... Yeah, what did they consist of there, Owen? Why are you like this? Um, <laughs> they had... Um, they didn't probe you, did they? No, they did not. You could have just responded with no. Think of it yourself, but you just didn't respond at all, so that wasn't helpful. Um, basically, they uh, had me cast multiple spells and to see what the effects did, and... Um, I the lost control of the chaos multiple times. Um, so that's probably the flashes you saw. Um, they also tested other like physical things, like if getting worn out triggered anything or those kind of things. Are you any older? I don't think so. Oh. Sorry. We did have lots and lots and lots of flumps, though. (laughs) Say that again, Jesse. Oh, I just, it did the wild magic cause anything interesting to happen, and then you said flumps. So, was it just flumps? There were so many flumps. (laughs) I mean, if there was a fireball, were there fling flumps of fire? Easy for you to say. Exactly. And what? Okay. Uh, so you guys make it back to the village, and uh, once again, the um, dinner here, um, and also you had the same experience at, at lunchtime there, the dinner is kind of a communal affair. Uh, the elves coming in from the day shift and the dark elves heading out to the night shift kind of gather for a uh, communal meal, and some of them uh, seem to be... Uh, on the cook staff, although you notice it's not the same ones that were at breakfast and not the same ones at dinner last night. And the food is just very, very basic. Um, obviously, being elves, they've put a whole bunch of spices into it. For you, Arlen, it's it's 
seems very, very familiar. I mean, this is the kind of fare that you would have at a farmstead. Um, so they, they seem to have kind of rustic food there. It's not quite the uh, fancy dishes that you guys were fed in uh, Valleus Calliae. Um, for that matter, neither were the fancy dishes you were fed down in Kaharst. But much, much simpler fare. Okay, and you get a knockoff for the night? And, uh, I will. Okay. And interestingly enough, Arlen, your wild magic does not go off tonight. As if maybe you kind of exhausted yourself with the uh, paces they put you through. That's the cure, is just be tired all the time. <laughs> Set off your uh, wild yeah, magic. I guess so. Set off you your spend wild... all your spell slots every morning and you'll be fine. <laughs> every morning, yes. No problem there. Okay. And um, you guys get up in the morning and start heading down the hill. Anything anyone needs to do before you start heading down the hill? I know I'm going to be talking about what I learned about the coffee picking and coffee growing process with my uh, compadres. Okay. Everybody roll a boredom check. Uh, my profession? Probably. Okay. Natural 20. Okay, you stay awake during the whole thing then. Good. Okay. Um, I got a 15. Anybody else uh, want to do something before we head down the hill? I rolled uh, a two on my boredom check. Maybe I fell asleep while telling the story. Yep. I just kind of want to peek in on uh, Adri's family. Okay. Just, you know, get a visual on them. And, and you, uh, you saw them uh, last night at dinner time, And uh, then okay. you get to see them again coming in from the fields. And um, the uh, both um, your brother and sister, Adri, and also their companion, uh, all seem to have uh, ditched their regular clothes for the homespun that all the people in this uh, agricultural community wear. And um, your sister is kind of um, giddy with excitement on this new life and uh, kind of bends your ear with all the, you know, yesterday we did this and I learned all about this, about the flowers. And do, have you seen the spiders that we use? Uh, and it just kind of goes on like that. I'm very happy for her new life. Okay, anything else? I forget, is Adri the oldest or is the sister the oldest? Adri is um, somewhere right in the middle. Um, this this is her younger sister and younger brother. And obviously, if you remember, her older brother was the, the one you were looking for. The eldest of the siblings was, stayed in Kaharst, right? Yeah, your your eldest sister stayed in, uh, in Kaharst. I, I just met amongst these three. Yeah. Because I, w- I wouldn't have known about anything beyond Adri. Yeah, but this is her uh, this is her younger sister and younger brother. Okay, so we're gonna take off. So everybody, roll for me survival. Eighteen. Twenty-one. Twenty-three. Uh, eighteen. Got a ten. Fourteen. Okay, so. Jade, Jade is still apparently, uh, you know, watching squirrels. and But the rest of you do uh, quickly find the path down the hill. And it's, it's a kind of well-worn game trail. And um, you start off and about a third of the way down the hill, um, everybody roll for survival for me again. 15. 4. 21. 12. 14. 13. Okay. I'm and, sorry, 15. And actually very appropriate for a cleric of Sylvanas there, um, uh, Moon. You're about a you know third of the way down the hill, and you realize that there's just like a eerie absence of wildlife around. Um, you don't even really see birds flying in the in the air anymore. Um, you know, you can look back behind you and you look off in the distance in one direction or the other, and you see, you know hawks making lazy circles in the sky and that sort of thing. But yeah, there's no, uh, no animal life scurrying around here like there was before. So perhaps you've entered the area of the poisoned water. Anyone want to try the water pools? I think they're great for swimming. I mean, I technically can't get poisoned. So sure. Okay. So, um, you are you gonna take a big old draft, or are you gonna just do a little sip, or what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll still like taste gross. 
but I don't know. Is that a thing that I could do? Like, could I taste something and know if it's poisoned? Um, even though it doesn't affect me? You might be able to detect some part of it. So roll, roll for me a nature check. Also, can't our paladin, you're a paladin, right? Cure poison? He's a cleric. He's a cleric? Oh man. I thought you were a paladin. A paladin tabaxi? I don't know why that's funny. No! <laughs> I got a, a four on nature. Okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't appear to be any different tasting than any pool of water would be elsewhere. I mean, obviously it has that, that sort of uh, swampy taste that all natural water does. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem to have any bad effects. Um, just, you know, it's not like it's smells weird or tastes weird or anything like that. I mean, can we like take a sample and sure. I don't know if that maybe if the elves have, that live around here probably have already tested it. I don't know why they wouldn't if they're agricultural. Mm -hmm. Does anyone have like, uh, what's that kit? Um, not the healer's kit. The uh, alchemy, alchemy kit. Does anyone have a, one of those kits? We can do a test. I'm gonna guess that's a no. Then I don't. I just have, I'm a woodworker, not a alchemist. I'm a doctor, not a alchemist. That doesn't work as well. No. Oh well. No. I'm okay. a farmer. Well, you know, Moon is not immune to poison, but is resistant. So I'll take a draw. Okay. And What's it taste like? Well, like I said, it just tastes like normal lake water. You know, it's got that kind of swampy taste that lake water has. Um, but that's about it. I mean, it doesn't taste... Uh, actually, you roll for me a nature roll as well there, Moon. Twelve. Twelve? Yeah, it just tastes like normal water. So we're going to continue down the hill. Yep, and I guess keep I looking so. out. Um, I don't know if uh, if there's no wildlife around, but I don't know if maybe the water looks different at all, if we can like track the flow of it. Um, just, you know, it just looks like normal little pools of water that are, that would be normally trapped on the side of a hill, you know, above the, uh, above the ocean there. Just, Is there know. any strange sense in the air? Like something that, that stands out as not, or it doesn't feel like it should be normal? Just either, from... either roll, um, investigation or roll nature. 18? Um, yeah, you don't notice anything out of the ordinary. Just, uh, just, you know, kind of the eerie absence of animals in the area. I want to look and see if I notice a difference of plant growth. So apparently this pool wasn't toxic, mm -hmm. and I would assume that there's some level of plants around it. I want to see if I can uh, an area where perhaps the grass or weeds have, have died off near the water. Okay, roll for me nature then. 22. Okay, and actually as you look around, nothing here looks terribly healthy i mean everything looks stressed um you would expect this from like an area that's under drought or has some other pest bothering it but at the same time there's no nothing you know that pool doesn't look any better than this pool versus the next pool guess we'll look for an entrance of some sort okay gonna continue on okay so you guys get going down the trail and moon and adri you don't feel so good. In fact, even though I'm immune to poison and disease, it you really start feeling terrible, actually. And you guys are, you know, maybe maybe a hundred steps down the down the trail further, and then all of a sudden, Adrian well. Moon just <laughs> stop and just lose their breakfast all over the ground right in front of you. <laughs> just, just projectile out and. Um, so you have to wait a good, you know, five, ten minutes for them to uh, get done and then get cleaned up again. So I think it's safe okay. to say the water wasn't good. Um, and I think it's a bit more than just poisoned. Magic poison. I think that would be a, a fairly accurate assessment, yeah. Would it be a low on magic poison? Like way back what yeah it could be a lowell but i was also thinking if this is near the sorcerer's keep and they know about that rogue sorcerer who is doing experiments i don't know if that 
might be related somehow. Do we still have any of the vials from when we visited the guy in the desert? They all no, got broke. I knew that they all broke. Yeah, he then, li he lightning um, bolted the wall and blew them all up. Uh, while and, they're uh, vomiting, um, I'm gonna go talk with the plants. Okay, and what are you gonna say to the plants? Hello there. Have you seen a blonde human pass by here anytime in the past maybe week? And they say yes. Ooh, can you point me in the right direction? Are we going in the right direction? Down the hill. Oh, great. Plants can say that. Those are eloquent plants. Yeah, well, Jade brings out the best in them. Uh, do you also know what happened with the water? Water bad. Ah, uh, I see. Uh, did someone do something to it, or has it always been this way? Water bad. Ah, uh, okay. This season. Ooh, only this season? Water bad. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, real quick. Is the water flowing down into these pools, or does it just seem to be filled from below? These, um, you would expect to be a combination of both. You know, it collects rainwater and also whatever groundwater is seeps into the pools. But there's not like a waterfall, right? Yeah, no. It, it's it's you know just sort of like a perched little little uh, pond here and there. There's several of them as you go down the hill. I mean, I don't know a lot about plants and wildlife, but maybe our ranger and our nature cleric do. Could it be in the ground and not in the water supply itself? The plants tell me the water is bad. So I don't think our, it's in the ground. Our friends throwing up all over the ground tells me the water's bad. So are we poisoned? Do we feel better after irking? Yes. It, 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 uh, sort of like getting food poisoning or something like that. After it's all out of your system, you feel much better. So, hey, can you ask if the soil is bad? I'll talk to the plants. I'll be like, is there any badness coming from the ground, the soil that you're in? Water bad. The water is bad. Well, let's see if we can find the source of the water then. As that is what is our, this person that we're looking for was trying to do as well. Yep. So two burns, one capstone. Don't we want to go uphill to find the source? Well, he we went downhill. He went downhill, so we're starting there first and then figure out from there. Water does flow downhill, right? Yes. It all flows downhill, trust me. So why are we going downhill to find the source? That's where the guy went. We're trying to find the dude oh, with the sorcerer. Yeah. I'm going to collect um, a little sample of this water. Okay. Put it in a little ceramic thing and stopper it up. The sorcerer. Haha. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Okay. Going to continue down the hill? Yep. Okay. Because I will. Um, everybody roll for me again a survival check. Don't, doesn't Rangers get some sort of bonus on all this? 14. Maybe. 19, I got a 12. 11. I think yeah. rangers have, have a thing where they get um, to favorite double. Ter favorite terrain or something like that. Yeah, we are right? in the mountains. Would you not call this coast? Well, I mean, it's still in the mountains. I mean, you guys are on a steep slope heading down. I, I would mean, think this is coast. I think um, once you get down to the ocean itself, where you're actually on the bluffs and the beaches of the ocean, that would be coast. I think you just have, like, proficiency to track, right? Like, you can track your enemy and stuff like that. I just am alert to danger. It's it, you, But you do get to double your proficiency on wisdom and intelligence checks in your favorite terrain. That's... I know that's just because we oh, talked yeah. about it in our game. Is that straight wisdom and intelligence or, like, wisdom-based? Related. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think, yeah, anything related to your favorite terrain. When you that, make an intelligence or wisdom check related to your favored terrain. Which we are in. Your proficiency bonus. Oh, yeah. It goes on to say later that your proficiency bonus is doubled if you're proficient. Okay, so what's your survival roll? 11. Even with a double proficiency? I rolled a nat 1. <laughs> so apparently Jade stubs her toe. And, the plants are talking too loud. And, yeah, I got bounces distracted. around. You should you should become a level eleven rogue. It's really nice. Yes. Okay, and what was what was the best roll we had elsewise? Fourteen uh, for me. We got a nineteen from Adri. Okay. Yeah, I got an eighteen. Okay. Well, then Adri and Arlen, you two, um, as you're going along, notice that there's a bush and there's a couple of blue and white threads 
that are caught on one of the branches. And further investigation reveals that the bush is in front of a small crevice that leads into the ground. And obviously with the blue and white threads, you would imagine that this is the way that the uh, missing sorcerer went. So are you all going to follow in? Yep. Okay. Yep. And it's a tight squeeze for the first little bit, but then it opens up very nicely. Um, it's a uh, little passageway, a cave, a natural, uh, almost looks like kind of a sea cave sort of feel to it. And um, you guys really at this point in time are only about you know, maybe a couple hundred feet above the level of the ocean. You've been going all morning. And um, you uh, actually roll for me survival one more time, Jade. See if you can re redeem yourself here. 21. Okay. And Jade actually, as you get in the door, notices a footprint in the sand that is blown in. And so you guys figured that this must be the proper way. And you start down into the cave, and that's where we're going to end today. Dungeon Master's Notes. Okay, well, so much to talk about this episode. Um, first things first, um, the flowers. I don't think I mentioned this in the last time we talked, but how did I come up with the idea for the flowers that the drow are tending? It came to me in a dream. Okay, I know that sounds cliched, but it's true. When we were going through the whole Underdark arc with uh, Adri's story, I had a dream right in the middle of that. I guess I was just sort of really intensely going over the Underdark. And in it, the drow were basically tending to all of these rather ugly looking yellow and brown flowers. And I had actually had meant to put it in during that time, but totally forgot. And then it occurred to me that it'd be perfect to put them in right now. And, and that's what the drow are doing up in the coffee bean plantation. They're, they're tending to the flowers up there. Um, but anyways, backing up a step, um, this is obviously Arlen's second arc. And Arlen was the first of the players to have his backstory come to light way back in the beginning, a couple of years ago. And I did kind of feel bad that it's like, okay, here's Arlen's backstory. Nothing else going on for the whole rest of the next three years. So um, came up with the idea of having his powers going out of control like they did with the other ones. And so we can kind of tail end Adri's story and couple on Arlen's story. And it's kind of fun. So we'll have to see where that goes. And then, yes, I know the Shadow Wolf that the shadow sorcerers have don't actually act like this i'm saying they act like this you're just gonna have to deal with it but anyways so the party has found the passage down into the coastal mountains but what awaits for them there are they going to find their missing sorcerer or will they find something else we'll have to wait for the next episode to find out until then let us know what you think rate us wherever you get your podcasts Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing the world that lives inside my head.